This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It's the host, your boy, your favorite host on this podcast. Mainly because, well, I'm a lot cooler than Paul. But tall Paul Redmond is not in studio today. He's actually on spring break. So as I was telling our guest, I'm going to take every opportunity that I possibly can to bust his balls on this podcast. Not that Paul has any balls, but if he did, I would bust them. <laughs> and that's what the plan is. So I do want to go ahead and bring on, uh, go ahead and choose my guest, who's also my friend, Mr. Brian Cohen from SFNP Advisors. Brian, welcome back. Thank you very to the much. Show, my man. Appreciate it. Are you ready to roll? Absolutely. We got some good shit to talk about today. We do. We do. So, but before we get there, I've been asking some of our guests some additional questions this year that we weren't doing last year, just to kind of get a better idea of who's Brian Cohen, you know, or who are any of the guests. So we ask, you know, a number of questions, and I've got something else I'm going to do a little bit different on this one. Um, but it's been interesting because you and I have seen a lot of each other lately. Yep. And that's part of the reason why you're sitting here is because we need to talk about why I've been seeing a lot of you lately. And it's just that this little thing called M&A keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And guess what? More and more people keep getting these requests, you know, LOIs, all kinds of stuff on people wanting to buy their business. And there's got to be a reason that you're getting so many. Absolutely. And what's happening is people are getting them uh, from other companies and the company that sent it has no idea who got them because it's being blanketed and sent out to a bunch of people. And those are all things that are happening. I'm gonna get, I'm, we're going to unpack that a little bit more. But sure. if you're somebody listening right now who's gotten one of those letters or emails or someone interested in buying you, uh, we're going to talk through why and then what and how and all the other shit. So um, I, we are just coming off uh, of our Rhino X event, our first inaugural Rhino X event. So all those listening that attended, which was like 99% of the room when I asked that question, thank you so much for being uh, for being there. Um, the feedback I got, the text messages I got the next morning uh, was incredible. Like the meaningful messages that people were sending to me on the, you know, the, uh, the people that they had met, uh, what they had learned from who I call some of the godfathers of home services, Mr. Leland Smith, the service champions, uh, Ken Goodrich from Gettle, and Kenny Haynes from the Wrench Group. Um, those guys put on a fucking clinic. They did. They put on a clinic. And the feedback we got from those sitting in the room listening to it was amazing. It already has me excited for next year. Um, only person I would have loved to have had in that room that wasn't was Mr. Dave Geiger from Horizon. So maybe next year. Next time. We'll see. We'll see if we can get him. But I want to go ahead and jump into this too because I want to I ask you some questions and then get to the good stuff. Absolutely. You ready? Yes, okay. sir. So first things first is I'm going to play. Have you ever played the game Would You Rather? <laughs> go ahead would this you rather like, this is gonna be fun no this is easy i'm go not ahead. it's gonna be this is an easy one i've never done it okay. on, on air so you're the first oh I'm excited. that's because we're I'm friends but happy I to be this. your tracer you're bullet here you're it. perfect so would you rather never use toilet paper again or wear wrinkled clothes forever mm. i'll say uh never use toilet paper again dang I think I'd wear, rather wear wrinkled clothes forever. Okay. Depends what your diet is. That's okay. Is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, never mind. I'll let that go. Never let that go. Would you rather never be able to use GPS ever or never take another elevator again? Never use GPS or 
Never use another elevator again. Never use another elevator again. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know I how I so. do it without GPS. Are you crazy? I get you. Uh, last one. Would you rather... Oh, this is good. And would you rather consult a Ouija board <laughs> or a magic eight ball for the answers to your questions? Oh, well. No, give me the eight ball. The Ouija board's <laughs> freaking me out, man. I think there has been a movie about that Ouija board, right? There Where has. Everything comes alive through it or whatever. So you mean you don't make decisions at SF&P by using a Ouija board or a Magic you, you 8 Ball? Magic 8 Ball. Sometimes. Much more, much more exciting. <laughs> a okay. bunch of CPAs shaking that 8 Ball, looking, waiting for the answer. Please, please, please. You know, it seems ha- signs hazy. <laughs> Son of a... Uh, and I use those 8... I had those 8 Balls when I was a kid. You know, have you ever seen those Magic 8 Balls, Producer Cal? You know what I'm sure. talking about? He's have you ever young. used a Ouija board? He's young. You've used a Ouija board? Yeah. yeah. Mm. That stuff's creepy. They freak me out a little bit, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so last two questions for mm-hmm. you. Um, a little bit more meaningful than that. So sure. thanks for uh, indulging in that. Would hey, you rather no game with me? I'm loose now. Um, perfect. Those are some icebreakers. Um, okay, so dinner. If you could have dinner with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? That's a good one. Unfortunately, my father passed away about 25 years ago, so I'd have to have dinner with dad. That's like that's an easy one for me. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've asked this question a lot to people, too, about, and who, I mean, the answers have been all over, but I think the most consistent has either been a mom or a dad. Sure. Someone I think I, that hasn't been around I for was, a while. Yeah. yeah. It has the meaning. Like, I think I would probably choose my father as well. Um, just because I don't think he's, well, I shouldn't say that. I think he understands where I'm at today because mm-hmm. um, I believe in heaven. And so I just would like him to have been here in the flesh sure. to kind of see what his boys accomplished. Yep. You know what I mean? I, yeah, of course Good I grief. Yeah. Um, okay, so next one, a little more uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little more uplifting than that. Uh, is, get rid of the tear. Yeah, uh, okay, wipe your tears. Get them, right. get them some tissues. <laughs> um, so, you, you, uh, you know, oh, this is going to be great. You know, a contractor retains you to go to bat for him, right? Mm-hmm. To just go and, and find the right fit. Mm-hmm. To get on the battlefield, you know, for them, on their behalf. So Brian puts on the helmet. I'm thinking of like a Trojan helmet, you know, like the Trojan War and stuff. Puts on his helmet. He's like Achilles. Wields his sword. Let's just pretend they actually had speakers and music and stuff back then. <laughs> but you come out and they play a theme song for you, an entrance song for you. Well, as you walk into battle, what would your song be? Oh, that's a good one. All right. I can go old school here. Be a little more business-like. But I think it'd be Cool Mo D, I Go to Work. So, Cool Mo D. I Go to Work. Hold on. For those listening <laughs> who don't know this song, give give it a little something, Brian. 80s. Give it a little something. Just oh, the chorus. Gotta, you got to hear that one. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I go to work. Oh, you got to hear it. I, I can't get the whole thing. You're, you're, the, hey, you're the one with the gold voice, not mine. <laughs> But if you get a work. chance, go pull it up and listen to it, and and that could be your theme song for anybody. Cool, get ready to get their get their day moving in the right direction. Mo D, I go to work. Cool, Kyle, mo, cool Mo D, I go to work. Kyle, pull it up on my phone, and I'll tr- or on yeah somewhere and try to find a clip for it if you can while I'm talking through it. So, um, I love asking that question, those two questions, because I think it gives you an idea of the sensitive side of a person when you ask the question, "Who do you go to dinner with?" Sure. Either sensitive or business brain, like how sure. it is, because some you know I think. Goodrich said Bill Clinton, but somebody else say um, Elon Musk, which would be pretty cool. Yep. Um, but I like that question. And then when you got, when it comes time to ask somebody for their entrance song or their theme song, you kind of get to, to know the more fun side of them. I actually wish on some of the episodes from last year with some of the guests, I would have asked that same question to right. them to know what their answers right. would be, um, just so I know what they're all about. Because somebody's like, I love Barry Manilow. You know? <laughs> 
Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, but your show gets better as you've gotten better at it, right? There's more things you want to include in it. There so we as go. you guys mature with what you're doing. That's exactly yeah. it. Kyle, did you find that song? You're in the musical chorus now. Where he gets the words? Uh-oh. I go to work like a doctor when I rock the mic. You got to hey. like the way I operate. Uh, hey, I make hey, miracles hey, happen. Hey, just a rabbit. I'm so vividly and I'm going right, and exploding on the scene. Me, I can get behind that. Right? I can Absolutely. get behind that. It gets me all worked it gets up. Gets a little fired good. up. That's good. Okay. Try it. Try it tomorrow morning. Let me know how it works. Done. Right. Done. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I go to work. That was. That's old school. That is. I love it. I was listening to some uh, um, Sugar Hill Gang this morning. <laughs> a hip, a hop, the heavy, the heavy to the. That was hip, like the hip, original hop, rap song, right? Don't stop or rock it to the bang bang. But okay, let's get into it. Um, stop messing around, Brian. I'm I trying know. to get serious here. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into these questions because again, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you've gotten any of those, even if you've not, it's coming. It, it's it coming. Um, one thing that is, I'm super grateful for as well as Brian, um, and really anybody in our industry is that we learned from COVID that, uh, the home services space, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, we are a recession proof business, baby, as well as essential services, essential services, pandemic proof. I mean, you name it, all the good fun stuff. We're essential. We were deemed an essential business because we are an essential business. You can't do life without us. Ain't nobody want to lose power and plumbing at the same time in the middle of summer. Nope. Nobody. Nope. We're an essential business. So we were exposed for what we really are and how much the trades really means to the world. Um, and thankfully, uh, for those who know me, know I'm also the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a internet marketing company, basically lead gen um, for the trade since 2008. So this is my world too. It's all we do every day. You know, a hundred of us, a little over a hundred of us. Um, and we are also receiving some of the similar things that you talk about that these guys are getting people trying to acquire a rhino. Um, I'm too young for that shit, man. I've got too much to build. You know, I'm, I am, I, I love that my customers come to me and say, Hey man, I'm getting these letters for somebody wanting to buy me. What do I do? Who should I talk to? Call me. So I know. <laughs> so I know. So let's get into that. I want to talk through what these guys are getting, why they're getting it, yep. kind of what's happening in the market, um, and what I why I like having uh, Brian on, not just because we're friends. Um, Fred's not on this time around, so it's just like He's, I know it's fair game. I know, right? It's I, fair I, game. I think his kids had spring break last week, so got it. You know. Is we are going. Um, Brian's going to be super transparent with you with an unbiased opinion. Yes, sir. Um, on what does this mean so let's go ahead and get into the first question why are owners getting so many calls or emails right now for people trying you know wanting to buy their business like why is that happening at the frequency it's happening now versus what how it has been what the hell's going on well interest rates are still low so that makes it easier for them and less expensive to get deals done number one number two there are not as many places for private equity to invest in as there were prior to COVID. So think about this, okay? And, and I've had this conversation from before, by the way, and you and I have talked about this too. Right. Um, you know, private equity lo loves to invest in restaurant chains, right? They buy them up, they flip them, they move them on to the next guy. You tell me what restaurant chain you're buying right now. And there's literally, how many of them? Hundreds, if not thousands throughout the country. Right. Commercial real estate, they're not involving themselves in that arena as much either. So they're looking for new spaces to invest their money. You know, think about it. You're a private equity company, right? You're raising private capital to deploy those funds. You're not going to return them to the investor or you will never <laughs> raise another fund again. You need to find places to put your money. This place, 
all of a sudden, which, listen, it wasn't really the sexiest place, but it right. always got returns. Well, wow, the returns now were even higher than were from before for these investors, and it became a really interesting place to play. So, you know, I, I, I think it'll be better. The, the The answer will be better served through a story. I did a um, probably 10 or 15-minute interview with a couple hundred of these private equity guys, uh, I want to say a month after COVID hit, probably early April of last year. And I handed out my cell number. I said, listen, if anybody has any questions, give me a call. I probably got eh, close to two dozen calls over the next two days. And a lot of questions that were being asked was, who is for sale? Not who is for sale, who's for sale? Who now is, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, whatever, that owns one of these HVAC businesses that doesn't want to suffer through this, that just wants to get out and they'll take a discount on their business. And I laughed and I said, I don't think anybody's there. Oh, get out of here. What do you mean? Well, Chris, I talk to you know, 50 to 70 owners throughout the country, you know, pretty regularly. All their numbers started to go up and to the right. So you realize, wow, this could be really interesting. We just need to be a little bit patient here to see how this plays out. And I told these guys, I said, I think you're going to pay more than what you think you're actually going to do. And they laughed. Well, guess what? They're all paying more right. now because there's a lot more buyers competing to buy the same company. Driving multiples. Yeah, yeah does that make sense? Yep. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and I can't wait to get into a little bit more of this too on like when you know who's the right fit, like how do you even know what the right fit is? Is it the right time or wrong time? Some people have never even thought about it. There's probably someone listening to this podcast right now who's still not even thought about this. Sure. And uh, But a lot more have. Are, and that's yeah, why, well, that's way why more now than, than ever before. Um, you know, the chemistry fit of this, I, mean, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead oh, here. Go ahead. Yeah, it's important. Listen, the number that somebody's going to offer you is one thing, but you're going to be potentially in business with that person for quite some time. So I want to go back to something you had said from before. You said, hey, I'm a young bot, young guy. Excuse me. I'm not looking to sell. You're not looking to sell. You're looking to partner. Absolutely. Okay? You're partnering for growth. You know, you take a look at some of these deals that have happened. You know, a lot of these guys are buying up businesses. It's a ge geographical play, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they continue to expand out. Um you have an opportunity to partner with some of these guys that are just absolutely phenomenal, grow your business, get a heck of a payday today and be part of that growth or have a smaller slice of that growth of the entire private equity portfolio within you know, of what they bought with you and everybody else moving forward. Well, wow, you've got somebody now that has your back. It's not you having to go to work every day saying, what decisions do I have to make today? I can only rely on myself. If there's a problem, I'm the only one that can solve it. You've got a partner that can help you out with those things. Yeah, right. So, and I think that there's a uh, still a misunderstanding on what does it mean to when you sell your business. What does it mean? Is it you don't just you I mean you can, but there's multiple ways you can make an exit, and it sure. doesn't even necessarily need to be an exit. Because I remember um, and prior to last year, my thought process was, well, when you if you sell your business, you're out. You're done. You sell and you're out. That's how it was. That's old school. And so, yep. um, did I just date myself? <laughs> so, <laughs> don't spit your water on the microphone. Um, so, but that's not actually, there's multiple options. Sure. And, and, and as I started to learn from, you know, last year, eight of my, eight of our customers um, were acquired. Um, and I'm happy for them that they did that, but none of them exited. Not one. Yep. Exited. They stayed. They stayed. Mm -hmm. And so all they did was create that partnership. Yep. And it gave them this team to help them execute on their already in place plan, just with more leadership, more expertise, things like that. So I never looked at it that mm -hmm. way until, uh, until probably early, early last year. So, and everything you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And by the way, the way you just said it, the eye opening, oh my God, 
we have that all the time. So, you know, look, you look over our history and, and listen, Fred Silberstein's our president and CEO has been doing this since the blue dot days. Right. But the deals that he used to do were walkaways. You know, a lot of people, okay, they're at the end of the rope with their business. They want to be done. Okay. We'll bring somebody in time to kind of run your business. You're, you're, um, you're not going to be around for that long, you know, maybe 90 days, 180 days, less than a year type of thing. And you're out, you know, again, nobody's getting a check on Friday, not showing back up for work on Monday, but the time period that you're going to have to play for has shortened up. Well, now where these deals stand is, you know, I'll, I'll rough out some numbers by you just to make everything easy, for, even for everybody listening. Sure, sure. So let's say you get a, a letter of intent to sell your business for 10 million bucks and you agree on that. Okay. The buyer is going to want you to have some stake in the game moving forward. And that could be a million and a half to two million. Again, every deal is different, guys. So when you're listening to me, don't hold me to every penny. Be more than happy to have a conversation Just online an and we can run through it. Thank you. Just yes, an example. That's right. there. I gave the big disclaimer. You got it. There. I think okay. you nailed it. Yep. Um, so at closing, you're not going to get 10 million. You'd get eight. Two would get rolled over into equity with your private equity partner. Now, your private equity partner may have five, six, seven, eight of these holdings and maybe has, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 million dollars worth of EBITDA. You just bought into that. You have a small slice now of a much larger pie. Ultimately, the private equity partner is going to exit their investment. Okay. And when they sell, whether it's two, three, four, five years down the road, by the way, every one of these private equity partners has their own thesis and their own performa right. when they want to exit the investment. Yep. When they exit, you get paid again. And that two million could be worth four, five, six X. Also so known think, as second bite. Yeah. The second bite of the apple, right? That's your equity role. Well, guess what happens again at that second bite, the new private equity partner comes in, you know, I'll use you for example and say, Hey Chris, you've rolled 2 million, two times five, you're getting paid 10 here. We'd love you to be continue to be part of this. You want to roll again. Well, now you're going to your third bite of your apple, right? So you take a look at, you know, like a Dave Geiger, for example, had a deal going through, um, Suncap, Suncap got bought out into 2019 with New River, uh, New Mountain Capital, excuse me. He's part with them now too. So Dave's moving on to his, uh, and has done, I mean, and for everybody that knows Dave, I mean, give me a break. That guy is awesome. So, and and full of knowledge and, and whether you do a deal with him or not, he, you know, his phone's on, call him, ask him a question. He's just one of those guys. He's just there to help everybody. Do you know what I mean? Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like genuine word altruistic. Is that the word? (laughs) I, I hope that if, it is. Look that if, up and make sure I said the word if properly. If Paul was here, he would be like, yeah, what's the word? Yeah, Crush, you don't know the word. I just used my big SAT word for the day. <laughs> there you go. Altruistic. I think that was four syllables I hit. Nailed it. I'm done. Nailed I it. I ran out of syllables. It <laughs> <laughs> be one and two C's from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> now you're doing layups. But yeah, so, so when you take a look at it from that perspective, you're partnered in. So what's going to wind up happening? Oh, it's good. Altruistic was the word. Yeah. Bam. Unselfish. Uns- Unselfish. Unselfish. Altruistic. My mom is listening and heard me say that word. I'm telling you, she'd be crying. She'd yep. be calling all her friends. So proud. Say, yeah. So proud. Um, so you're with the private equity partner. You know, you're, you're in with a bigger group now. You're buying power changes, right? Your, your resources to get you over the hump in certain areas of the business that may be hiccups for you, that changes. Um, you know, we see a lot of these private equity partners when they come in, hey, what did you do great? And you sit down and you're showing what you do great because they have other holdings. They may be able to take some of your playbook and move it out to the group, Right. And hey, show me the things that, you know, your, your speed bumps, what stops you. You show them that, they may have ways to overcome that too. So you're in a different level, a different group of a partnership. You know, it's like a, an affinity group to a whole nother level where you have access to all these resources you didn't have from before. So and they, they really can help you out. And what we see happen is a lot of these guys take off and move up to the right. There were certain things holding them back that they couldn't figure out how to get over. And, and it was child's play you know, to the partner. Oh, no big deal. We do this, this, and this, and boom, they take off. I think having the, um, 
and you know some of my history. Like last year, I tried to acquire three companies. Yep. Three. <laughs> yes. In one year. <laughs> on With myself and Anna and our you know financial team and our attorneys and all that other shit, and my God, due diligence, holy crap. Good luck. And uh, I learned that I don't want to do that again. Right. <clears throat> um, I was, it was actually, I learned a lot from it. Um, but the time it took, and mm-hmm. I understand that it requires a lot of people, a lot, there's a lot of people who know and understand how to structure these things yep. and the data analysis and all the stuff that goes into it. Cause you can't skimp on it. It's an important deal. So having the team alone who knows their stuff, who has the time to do it is is a huge one. If I could have gotten back the due diligence time for those, I, you know, I told you, I'm never doing it again. Never. Never doing it again. I, I, I get calls. Hey, can you help us out? Can you take a look at this? You know, the, it's part of the, part of the challenge is, you know, these, everybody wants to grow, right? Right. And, and you get to, so. right. And you get to a point where, okay, organic's only going so quickly. How can we go make an acquisition? Well, if you've never made one, and, and I talked about this, you know, I, I I did a, uh, um, God, I don't know if it was a webinar going over all these Service things. Service Titan one? I saw you on Service I think it Titan was. One, yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, you could be buying a lot of problems, you know? So how are you going to structure this so that you make sure that you are protected against anything that might be out there? And how are you going to buy this? How are you going to structure out the buy? And what are you really buying? And what about the culture fit? So there's so many of these things that go on. Yes, sometimes you got to go do one or two and maybe get hurt a little bit in order to learn what it takes to move forward. But the flip side to this is, why would you take that risk? If your business is big enough, why would you take that risk on you to do what? Potentially add 100, 200 grand of EBITDA to your bottom line? Not worth is it. that worth it? No. Honestly, for the risk of, uh, uh, think of integrating, right? Think of, you need an integration plan. I mean, it's not like you just buy the company and again, hey, everybody's, now everybody's rowing in your direction you now. Gotta Chris, make it you got to make it work and that could take a lot of time. You have to rebuild that, um, that trust right? With all the new people because they don't know you. So why not take a look at what a, a partnership with a private equity company may be? How about you get a payday and the potential of another payday? So net net, when you add up the pros and cons of what making an acquisition truly looks like versus partnering with private equity, from my perspective, I think, you know, looking to do the partnership winds up being a better deal, probably 99 times out of 100. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, now that I understand it more, it does. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, sure. you have to have key leadership in place, and essentially it's adding to your leadership Yep. Oh, um, yeah. with your partnerships. So are you noticing then that um, – and I'm going to have to use this in a ratio because clearly there's a lot more um, acquisitions happening over the past years. But, like, yep. if in, in a ratio are a lot more people selling – because um, I know you're getting a lot of potential transactions, yep. potential transactions that don't actually work, don't that don't happen. But overall, are you seeing that that more of these uh, deals are happening? Like, is there more deals happening, and are they still happening in the Q1 of this year? Yep. Like, yeah, it's still pretty significant. I, like literally, do you think this lasts all the way through this year and into next year? Where do you think this thing starts to peter off? <laughs> if they change the cap capital gains tax code next year, the 20%. it gets interesting. So let's say twenty goes to forty. So let's walk through some numbers. 
you know, we're off a map. Same thing. You sold your business for $10 million, right? First $2.5 million to be taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. The next 7 dollars will go at the capital gains rate. Capital gains is a 40%. You're paying $2.8 million. Oh. As opposed to 20%, which is one be one point four. You just took a $1.4 million hit by doing something next year as opposed to this year. Oh, good. So I have these conversations all day, and part of the challenge is this. I'm not big enough. I'm not exactly where I want to be. I get it. I get everything everybody's saying. But if you run your numbers out of what happens next year with the capital gains tax hit, you just potentially lost a turn or more on the multiple by waiting until next year. Right. Plus, my crystal ball doesn't tell me what's going to happen next year. I understand. You know, I, I can see out kind of what's going on this year. Well, if it changes for next year, what do you think 2023 is going to look like? Or 2024, what's 2024 going to look like? Until the administration changes, right, and they rechange out that tax code, which doesn't happen immediately, typically happens after a year in, you're still four more years past where you're at. Okay, well, you tell me what your crystal ball says in four (laughs) years from now. Mine's done. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't know. You're playing a guessing game. But, you know, Fred says this all the time. They can't take away the money you got. You know what I mean? If you get paid, it's your money. Well, there's no way. I mean, you've been in, in this a little bit longer than me, mm-hmm. but I mean, I've played, you know, in the stocks, in yep. the stock market, and things like that. There's no way this sustains for this big long period of time, right? It, it can't. How can it? Well, you tell me this: if all of a sudden every every state was open, we could go to restaurants again. You just think there's going to be some different opportunity, investing opportunities for private equity? Yeah, of course there is. <laughs> yeah. So, so here, I'll, I'll give you a number to put this in perspective, and and anybody listening will, will understand this. We talk to private equity companies all day long, okay? There's more of them now that have entered the space, yeah, obviously, sure, to, to yeah. make transactions oh, yeah. happen. A typical, I say typical, one of the conversations I have with a private equity company is they look at between two and 3,000 deals a month. Not just HVAC, okay? I'm saying across the board, they're seeing two to 3,000 deals a month. In general. Of that, right. They oh, filter that down to their investment committees. They take a look and they feel what's the best fit for the portfolios that they have and, and, and they pursue for it accordingly. They're now seeing two to 300 deals a month. They're off 80 or 90% from what they were seeing from prior to COVID. So all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing less deals. You're getting a little more anxious to try and make something happen. Got you know it. what I mean? And there's all this capital to deploy. And there's a lot, yep. a lot of dry powder. They call it, right? They call it dry powder, waiting to go ahead and write checks and make some stuff happen. And there's a lot of folks that are getting very aggressive. We all, we all know who they are, but... At the end of the day, one of the most important things is you as a business owner, you have to know what you're worth. If you don't know what your business is worth, how do you know what these offers you're getting are any good or not? It's like, uh, I don't know, pretend you put your house up for sale, right? All right, your broker says, well, maybe you don't have a broker. You just have a rough idea and you get one offer. Do you know if that deal's any good or not? You need to potentially have more than once. You have an idea. Okay. I get it. This this makes sense. So you can't just rely on Realtor.com or Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> Zillow for my, my house, what well, my worth of my house is. But when it comes to your business, you know, listen, this is going to be, and I've said this before, you know, this, Dak Prescott's a perfect, a perfect example, right? He gets one time to make that crazy deal. He didn't make it last year and he got hurt. Yeah. If God forbid that was a career ending injury, he's done. done. He had his biggest deal. It's behind him. So it puts a new perspective on what getting a deal put together truly looks like. You get one opportunity to put this is going to be your biggest and best deal is typically your first one, okay? Now, you're going to get paid a bunch of times over and you'll roll equity with the different private equity partners and leverage will play out and you have the ability, if you have the right. financial runway, meaning you're young enough to take advantage of, I don't know, three, four, five flips, however many more there could be sure. um, without a hiccup, yeah, the, the, the sky's the limit on where things could go, but yep. the tone is set with the first one. So make sure you do the first one properly. So when I hear about these guys that are handling their own transactions... 
are you kidding me? I mean, if my HVAC system breaks in my house, I don't try and fix it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to YouTube. I'm calling somebody and saying, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do here. And I pay them to go ahead and get it done. This is the most important trans- transaction. It could be the biggest one of your, li- of your life. life. Absolutely. How are you playing a game with it? They speak a different language, you know, um, and, and God, I've said this before. I'm, so, you know, all these deals are done on multiples of EBITDA, right. right? That goes without saying. Right. You know, we take a look at a lot of numbers. Well, here's where my EBITDA is. Chris, I don't think anybody's ever come within hundreds of thousands of dollars of what their actual EBITDA is. So you're already starting off with the wrong information. So you start off with the wrong information, what you think is the wrong multiple, and, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're in a different field altogether <laughs> at that point in time. It's just because you don't know. You mean, what do you mean I'm not worth 15x? Yeah. Well, you know. Well, what you hear <laughs> what actually little, happens. Or- well, that's, and that's another problem, by the way. You know, so there, there's some guys that talk a lot about their deals and the multiples they've gotten are very good. Wait, do people inflate what their multiples Stop actually it. were? Are you serious? Like, <laughs> you, like say that they that would, actually did better? But there are some guys that are, and you and I know who they are, that are very true, honest, upfront with, with where things are Absolutely. at and what they did. Yep. And, you know, these guys talk to a lot of people and I get calls that come in off of that and, and they're basing their business you know, on, on the other business that was sold already. And they're two different businesses. These guys are half the size, not in the same location. And their expectation is that they're going to get a multiple that's similar to that. And that's not, you know, that's not the reality. Some, some, a lot of folks don't realize where they're at, you know, and they have a conversation with us and say, oh my God, I didn't realize we were worth that much. We really need to get serious about this. Yeah, you do. Because guess what? We're going to blink our eyes. We're three months plus into this year. Yeah, deals can happen a lot more quickly than they had from before. But if you wait too long, you get pushed into the fourth quarter to get a deal done. If there's a hiccup in your equation, you're pushing into next year and all bets are off at that point in time. Yeah, because you got the increase. I mean, just for this year, like the with the tax increase and all that stuff. Um, So I feel like this goes without saying, but I want to I don't want to assume because when you assume. Oh, yeah, baby. Make an ass out out of you and me. Um, so we didn't plan that, but we the did way. not plan that, but that's like old school <laughs> shit right there. Um, that's cool. Mo D. That's cool. That's, Mo cool D Mo right that's there. old school right that's there. Right there. Um, so I want to make sure that, uh, everyone listening, if you're even considering, you, Brian said a couple of key things, but, um, for, so the first thing I would hit on, hit on is, um, this is the one chance where Paul would actually agree with me that size doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I'm saying because he's tall, Paul. Okay. Yes. Get your mind out of the gutter. Um, but there's plenty of, of deals. I hate using the word, but it is what it is. Like deals where it, they're a million and a half, you know, and, and, or that's coming into it. It's not just, Hey, you gotta be, you know, 5 million, 10 million, 30 million, 50 million. Like there's all kinds of different things happening, but the, but the verbiage that you're hearing is different. You hear tuck-ins, you hear, there's different add-ons, things. Bolt-ons, add-ons, platform, standalone. And, and it took me a while to understood, mm-hmm. uh, to understand what, what that means as I've learned more. So can you just explain, and I'm talking high level so we can hammer it out quick. People are even confusing venture capitalists with private equity um, and tuck-ins with add-ons and all this stuff. A quick explanation. What's the difference between venture capitalists and private equity? Venture capital guys are going after higher risk stuff. They are early investors into some project or program you know, they're, they're a seed round type of thing. Literally, when they exit out, they're getting many, if, if it goes well, many, many, many times where they're at. Private equity is not taking that type of risk. Right. For private equity, it is a, a bet. We are pretty sure what the outcome is going to wind up being. We have incredibly smart people. We know the industry. We've done the research. We know the space. We know where this can head. 
two different scenarios, but I've heard that too. Somebody, you, they use the two terms Confused. interchangeably. Now, I'm not saying that venture capital won't invest into private equity or won't invest in the space, but typically I would say the stuff they move towards is, is, is earlier and more risky. And we're, right. we're ta- this is HVAC. Is they're, they're, we understand what's going to happen with it. You know, somebody comes up with a new software or a new biotechnology they need seed money for, something along those lines. That's what I would push venture capital towards. So what is a tuck-in? So here I am. I am a... Um, I'm in the local market. I am a big player. I have a deal with a private equity group, right? We're, we're partners. And here's another company down the road that's a little bit smaller. Well, oftentimes a lot smaller than mine. And we want to buy them up and tuck them into my business. I'm going to go ahead and run them. You know, maybe that maybe that owner wants to be out, right? And we could take over their employees and take over their people potentially. But typically, they're going to keep the name. Got it. Easy, so, it's an easier situation because there's already one holding in that geographical space. And are those... Do those typically are easier to get through, faster to get through, or are they just kind of... All takes the same amount of time. Good grief. <laughs> Good Although grief. I will say diligence has sped up. You know, the, you know, we, when we used to do deals in the past, they would take nine to 12 months to get done. Now, I mean, literally things can happen oh, that make me in, like, in like four to six. Well, the diligence period is the, is the big one yeah. where, you know, that's well, the whole... Yeah, because that's where you uh, open the hood and you start taking shit apart and find out what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and hey, is that story accurate? That's pretty important <laughs> <laughs> for diligence. <laughs> yeah, yes. slightly. Well, yeah. Well, they're gonna, you know they're buying and it's their risk, right? So they're bringing in. You think about it. They're bringing in their independent auditors, their independent attorneys, because the reality is the private equity company has to answer to somebody if the deal doesn't go the way they want it to. Right. Well, at least they say, well, we had the third party accounting company come in and do the numbers. We had the third party diligence people to go through all the legal, you know, and, and away you go. So I don't want to say they're off the hook, but they covered their asses with what they did. Well, and this is a benefit to, um, you know, partnering with like SFMP is that you have somebody who is trying to set you up for as much success as possible. So if you can, if you find something that you know is going to become a question, you can, you can address it and game plan and, or yeah, fix or whatever. So, absolutely. so which brings me to my second question of all this mm-hmm. is why, and I see, I feel like this goes without saying, but I, again, I don't want to assume, uh, why is it so important to have, uh, to, to have multiple people, like, or to have multiple offers. Like, why is it important to get multiple offers for your business? Because it's not just financial. It's for, not. But but the, but the important thing is, you, you. what's interesting, and again, everybody knows people that have done a deal out there, go ask them about the multiple offers they got. One, it confirms and reaffirms kind of what the value of the business is. You know, uh, number two, you want to have multiple, because that means you're talking to multiple people, it's not just about the dollar amount they're giving you. There's right. also the chemistry fit. Absolutely. You know? Listen, yep. just because one guy wants to give you a big check, man, you may not get along with this person. This may not be somebody that you want to do biz- a deal with. You may have spoken to other assets they purchased in the past and said, gosh, these guys suck. They're tough to get along with. They're not really as supportive as they made themselves out to be. So you need to have those questions answered. You know, in this process, by the way, it's not just you selling your business to a buyer. The buyer's also selling themselves to you know, when I say us, me and whoever I'm representing, that they're going to be the best fit for them, either short term or long term. Here's the pro forma of when we think we're going to exit this investment. Here's what we've done in the past. Here's other people that you can talk to. You know, so that chemistry fit becomes incredibly important with what you want to do. You want to feel good about the person you're going to you know, you're going to battle with because that's what you're going to do for the next number of years. Yeah, you know, makes perfect sense. And make sure that they have your back and 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 
you know, they get it and they're speaking the same language. So to that end, what's really gotten interesting in our space, I don't mean to take this answer on uh, really long. Nope. Some of these guys, some of these private equity groups have so many holdings within, you know, HVAC plumbing or mechanical. They're almost like strategic partners now because they understand your business differently. The pure play used to be, hey, I'm going to have a call with you once a month. What's your run rate? What do your numbers look like? What are you budgeting for next month? Okay, great. We'll talk to you in a month. The new way is, hey, what can we do to help support, you know, they, they understand it differently. There's a way more sophisticated level of understanding. I mean, think about this. Dave Geiger's involved with, with New Mountain, right? Um, my gosh, you don't think he's got a level of expertise within the space that he can't talk to any one of their holdings and have some pretty deep conversations about what it's going to take to get them where they need to go? That's kind of the stuff that I'm talking about. And listen, and Ken has the same thing, and Kenny Haynes has the same thing, and Lee, there's a lot of these guys. There's also a lot of buyers past that too, that some of them are newer into the space, and they may pay more because they want your asset to be the first piece of the equation that they're putting together. That's why you want to talk to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you may jive with one of these guys. You may jive with somebody else. Somebody may have a vision that, that, that you like a lot more than somebody else's. Yeah. So you need to have a lot of those conversations. Well, that's important to me. You know that's important to me. Like I, Whenever I think about um, my own company with, with Rhino, it is I care so much about the customer. I mean, at Rhino X, perfect example, I had a, the room was about 50-50 split on somewhere Rhino, somewhere. Right. Didn't matter to me. But um, I offered it up to my, you know, to my customers first because it's my event, yep. because my heart is to help them grow their business, sure. whether I'm doing internet marketing or just making the connection. Yep. You know who I am. You know yep. that's who I am. I'm authentic. Um, but you, if you're going to know, the way I see this is I'm going to use my buddy, my buddy Travis Ringy as an example. Okay. Um, Travis had a deal on the table that was more than the one he took, mm -hmm. but the fit wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm very much the same way because I look at it in the long term, especially if you're going into a partnership with mm -hmm. them. I feel like you got to be marching to the beat of the same drum mm -hmm. because there is still that second bite and potential third bite. And uh, the better you can uh, have a synergy with that partner, the better I feel like that, that deal goes because listen, nobody wants to work for somebody they don't like. Correct. Nobody wants to work for somebody who tells them something and does another thing. Mm -hmm. Like there's no integrity there. Um, at least I say nobody, I sure as hell don't. So that relationship is extremely important to me because I want to have a, I want to have a legit partner. It's what I was saying. Like, <clears throat> you know, I had uh, I'll name drop for just a second. At Rhino X, there was only everyone in that room was contractors except for one person, Julian Scadden. Julian Scadden, CEO of Nextstar. Um, he's been on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. um, I think Julian Scadden is a extremely bright human being, um, and I love his vision. I think he genuinely wants to help the trades. Sure. He and I are very much, very much alike. But I had him in that room because I, even though I'm not a member of Nextstar, I'm not, a, I'm not a vendor of theirs. Um, I have no interest in being a vendor, but very much of an interest of being a legit partner. Yep. And we had that conversation on what does an actual partnership look like versus a versus being Correct. a vendor. I'm not talking cliche. I'm talking like a real strategic partner, and not this old school vendor mentality. No, you got to work together. There has to be a synergy. We have to be marching to be the same drum to accomplish both of our goals, and that is to do ex as much as we possibly can to help the contractor grow their business. That's it. Agreed. So this is just like that on a different scale. I mean, you have to have that type of synergy and that partnership. So if you could explain to the listeners, what are some of the behaviors that owners should be on the lookout for when making these considerations? <laughs> You know, <laughs> what's, you know, you look at the history of the deals that they've done, you know, are they, where are they? So, so these buyers, you have mature buyers, right? 
that are all. I love mo- that you just laughed. <laughs> well, I've just, you know, all, all the things that flashed in my head, and I got to realize, you know, that I'm going to be saying these things. So let's just, you know, kind of be careful hey, here. But. Hey, producer Kyle, we are not going to edit this one. So whatever he says, we just <laughs> take it straight to, to market, baby. Take it straight to market. Um, Welcome to my life. I live on, okay. my life is on the record. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, listen, that, the beauty of you is, is your authenticity. I mean, please give me a break. Yeah, you, you ain't afraid to drop the bombs here. Um, but certain buyers, they're mature buyers, meaning they already have holdings in the space. Maybe they've already gone through one financial partner. They're on to another one. Okay, that proves out maybe a track record. That doesn't guarantee the next one's going to be, but it just shows, okay, they, they've got something good that they're moving in the right direction. Do you want that situation? Do you want to be the platform? So you have a newer buyer entering the space. You're going to be the first asset they purchased. And, and obviously the ship is going to be built around kind of what you're doing. That's another scenario, right? So you, and that's two opposite ends of the spectrum. And then you've got a lot that goes on in between. You know, what are the synergies? So we've seen certain scenarios where, where the buyer's buying a lot of commercial, but he wants something residential in the same area because they're seeing from their commercial piece, they're pushing a lot of residential business away. And you might find that the residential business is pushing a lot of commercial away. And there's a synergy there. So ha- when, when you're talking to, to the buyer, and again, we're, we're doing this stuff with our clients, obviously, is getting an idea of where all these synergies may be. Because the hope is that the partnership's going to make an automatic lift very quickly. Not only should there be a bunch of money saved, obviously, in, in the new buying power, but also in the partnership, what else can be brought to the table for those folks? You know? So, question. Mm-hmm. Have you ever really seen a scenario where somebody's like, I believe in, I believe in the organization, mm-hmm. like the, whoever the, the firm is, private equity firm is, I believe in the organization or independent, whoever it is. Um, they've got a good reputation. This is a good deal. The money's right, but I don't like the man. Have you ever run into not to that uh, where they didn't take a deal because they're like, well, if this is, I like the overall leadership, but there's the man who I don't like, and. Of course it's happened. I'm I mean, let's just be, be, yeah, I know you are. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's the chemistry fit, you know? Um, let's be real. The people that are listening to this podcast are business owners, right? They don't want to hear anything from anybody. They're an owner. Most of them are type A. They're successful. They're moving their shit in the right direction. They don't want to be told what to do by anybody. So a lot of times, why these sometimes, I don't say these deals don't happen, but why sometimes people aren't calling us is they think they're going to go work for somebody, you know? I'm going to be an employee. Yeah, you have an employee contract with the new partner. But my gosh, you cannot look at it that way. This new partner just wrote you one big fat ass check. Yes, they're not asking you to do anything differently than you had done from before. You know what I mean? Just keep running your business and let's all row in the same direction and get this another payoff like this and another 24, 30, 36, 48, whatever their, their, their term is down the road and go make that happen again. So you can't look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I mean, obviously I've heard, I've heard, no, yeah, I've, been, I've been around the game for a little bit. You know, There I mean? are, you know, you, you got to realize these private, equi- yeah, am I doing this right? Okay. Here I'm just You're trying good. to just pull it closer to your face. Voila. There we go. go. Um, listen, these private equity guys are very, very, you know, incredibly intelligent. And that doesn't always mean they're like you and I, they can speak in multiple languages on, on many different levels. They speak that one level and there's sometimes they just miss on the connection. You know, and, and that's not necessarily a comforting feeling regardless of what the check that's being written. Unless the check is so ridiculous. And then, <laughs> okay, I'll learn how to speak that language. That's no, I don't have a problem with them. I have yeah. my favorites. <laughs> I have my favorites, you know, but like, you know, I, I, because of a lot of, a lot of my customers have, um, have been acquired, I've gotten to know many. And obviously, you know, private equity reaching out to me last year was 
in, insane. The volume of people reaching out to me mm-hmm. was insane. Not just to try and acquire Rhino, but to get me to make introductions right. to my 600 you know customer right. and contracting customers across North America. Um, but I, I do have my favorites and people who I've gotten to know and who I understand. Um, but I'll tell you, if you're listening right now, what Brian's talking about with um, bringing in like somebody like SFMP to help to help you is if you think because you have a good financial team and good lawyers, listen, I made this mistake last year, made this mistake even after we knew each other Yep. of thinking, you know, um, I've got my own, you know, attorney who knows my business and I've got, and she's been involved with, um, M and a before, and I've got my financial team, my CFO, my CPAs, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, and that's not enough. Like that's not <laughs> enough. You can't just have a good lawyer who can get this thing done for you. Um, and I truly believe that, but you hear that come up with somebody's like, Hey, I don't really need you, man. I got, yeah, I've me. got that in place. Um, they, they, again, they think that they do. I made that mistake. Listen, th- those purchase agreements and those LOIs, I mean, th- these things are incredibly oh, important if you're not negotiating them. Pro- here, here's the problem. Some of these guys don't know what their value is, right? So they hear a number, they get all excited about it. And, and obviously the buyer is pushing to get a deal done. Chris, I hear about these all the time. I actually want to puke. So the same way you're trying to help everybody out, right? I'm doing the same. Whether you become my client or not, I hope that you get the best deal for you. You get one shot to do it. I agree. It. By I the learned, way. I it, know who you are. I've, I've gotten to know who you are, and you, that's something. That we've you done it a million times over. Listen, we got a proprietary process. I can take a look at a half a dozen pieces of financial information. Give me two weeks. I'll give you a rough idea of where you're at. No we strings do, attached. No strings attached. We no. do this all the time, by the way. You have to have an idea where you're at. And obviously, listen, uh, from selfish purposes, you're going to get to know me over the course of these couple of weeks through all these conversations. You're going to get to see my team is about. And we find time that more often than not, you know, we're going to get hired to do the job moving forward because they see what we're capable of. But the question I ask you is this. If, if, if you need a lawyer for, for a situation, right, and we're going to court, would you be representing yourself? <laughs> if the answer is no, then why would you be representing yourself in the biggest deal ever? Well, let me tell you something. That's good. These buyers are your friends. That's they good. are because they see what you are bringing to their financial table and what's going to happen, obviously, when, when, when they exit the investment somewhere down the road. Any dollars they can save you, guess where the, whose pocket those goes in, those go into? Theirs. Who? Right. <laughs> so, you, you know, you have to make sure that you're maximizing out what you can potentially get. And I, I'm, I hear about him, man, all the time now. These guys are doing deals. And, you know, here's one guy who sold his business for 60% less. Here's another guy that sold his business for 40% less. Here's one guy who saw an offer, didn't realize it had, he thought it was a great number, but has a ton of earnout in it. He sees a bottom line with a number under it and thinks that that's his offer because he doesn't even, you know, he does not understanding how to read this. Listen, man, an earnout is conditional consideration. It means you only get it if you do certain other things. You can't take, take that to the bank. You can only take to the bank when it actually hits your account on the day of closing. That's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the long short of it. <laughs> so, so I want to do this. I think we're about, uh, it looks like we're about 46 minutes into this thing too. Um, and I need to hit on a couple more things. One is, is there any, and I don't mean to put you on the spot on this, but um, is there any. But you do. I, I totally hope you, you deliver here. Yes. You deliver Thank here. You. Um, are there any, like let's say over the past, even if it's the last six months, a year, doesn't matter. Is there a couple of uh, examples of, of uh, transactions that have been completed that you could share? And I asked it this way, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to give you a chance to think on that. Okay. Um, what I want the listeners to hear is, what's been going on in the market at what size of a business? So you could kind of understand, Hey, I'm, you know, maybe you say, well, maybe I'm not five, but I heard this deal that went through on 10. Like, 
and what the outcome of that was. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get them to see what potential looks like uh, on an on an exit or or on a transaction. So, is there a couple examples that you can share? And you don't need to go into like too much of detail. I'm just mm-hmm. talking like overview to say, almost like if I had a case study. Sure. Hey, Brian, look what I do. I yep. can, um, something like that. Sure. I, I have some case studies. And, and by the way, you know, your listeners, they can call me. I've given out my cell phone number on so many of these. And usually I start getting calls within a couple of weeks afterwards. Well, last time you guys did the podcast. Oh, yeah. I was getting calls. <laughs> like some, some, somebody like, 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 I think it was going on off while it was happening. But um, so what, am, what determines the multiple of a business? So think about this, right? You want residential repair replacement, no new construction, no commercial, right? A lot of service contracts. That service gives contracts. your revenue predictability as far as private equity sees it for the upcoming years. It's going to give you the ability to get in the homes a couple times to do some more. Recurring work. revenue. Right, recurring, right. Um, what's your geography? You know, where, where are you located? So, you know, if you're in an incredibly hot climate, such as a Phoenix, Arizona, or Scottsdale, or somewhere in Arizona, or sunny South Florida... Dallas, which gets South two different, Texas, yeah. right, it's, it's two different weather, and, you know, you get freezing in, in, in winter and ridiculously hot in the summer. Those are good Perfect. pieces, you know, good good places to play. Are, do you have another trade involved? So, yes, you know, residential HVAC is fantastic. Then you get shoulder season. You know, do you have plumbing figured out? Plumbing, by the way, typically, if you know residential plumbing and you're handling it properly, will get more value than a, a residential HVAC contractor the same size because they typically don't have a shoulder season. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, there's a yep. different level. So it doesn't matter what the month is. They can see how other months have gone and away you go. That so makes it's sense, yeah. nice to see when these companies come together. So if I'm if I'm a residential HVAC company and I can't figure out the plumbing playbook and I'm looking to do a deal, I'm going to hope that somebody in their portfolio is, is a plumber that they can bring that and add that because there's a immediate potential lift over the next couple of years in, in revenue, which is, again, not only going to help you as the seller, but also the portfolio, which is ultimately going to help your, your equity role. Right. So to that end, listen, multiples are higher than they've ever been. There's a lot of reasons behind it. There's are some really, really big guys that have gone to market, really big guys that have gone to market. That's number one. Number two, there's a lot of buyers in the space. They want to make deals happen. There's now a time urgency, right, to get something done during the course of this year. And they have to spend this. They got to spend the money. They got got to make the investment. So there's a lot of, so, you know, we take a deal to market. We've got a lot of buyers that are looking at these deals now. And fast. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Fred and I laugh about it. I look at a dry erase board in my office probably from, I don't know, four or five years ago. You know, there's maybe 15 or 20 names. It's the same 15 or 20 people. Now we have hired a person to manage the buyers, <laughs> like, like it's, it's to that level. Actually, there were, there were hand, a couple of us with our hands in it. We take a deal to market. You know, we're expecting to get a lot of folks looking at it. Could be 50, 80, 100 different buyers that are looking at that deal, which, you know, mean, again, the more buyers that are looking at it, the more opportunity you have not only to maximize what your value is going to be, but also what the chemistry fit's going to be. So to that end, so you talk about multiples. I know you want me to kind of bring rein some of this in. The other part of it is, you know, until you get to market, you don't know that there may be a buyer that really wants that particular geography and you are the right fit. So here you take a look at it. This is a mature private equity company, right? They already know what they're, where their multiples at, what they're going to do. And, and they already have their exit on the horizon. Oh, wow. We could pick this guy up. Eh, maybe we could pay him a little bit more, but he rounds out what we're trying to do in this particular geography. You don't know that till you go to market. And we've seen those situations happen too, where somebody comes with this, with this offer that's really over the top and you're trying to add up why one plus one doesn't look like equals two and then quickly realize, wow, they've got some other plans going on that they're not sharing obviously with <laughs> us and they're, they're going to pay more in order to make this deal happen now. Um, and, and what's your management team look like? You know, how long can you be away from your business for? If you don't have to be there every single day, obviously it means you have a good management team in place. You're running your business right. 
You know, the business is not dependent upon you. Then, you know, other questions that need to be asked. Are you willing to stay on post-transaction? Most of our deals, the owners are staying on post-transaction. You know, they're, they're, they're signed into their contract and they're going to do what they're going to do. If you're somebody that wants to be out quickly, you know, the buyer pool's less. Well, with a smaller buyer pool, you know, what happens? The multiples aren't the same. You know, you take a look at commercial contractors, for example. There's not many, as many buyers who want commercial contractors. There's a lot more moving parts. It's a more sophisticated. The numbers don't always play out, and some of those businesses are, are deemed to be lumpy. Right. You know, there's time. And then sometimes you got to get wait, wait to get paid. Yep. All those things at another level of sophistication that says, eh, it's not as easy as it looks. We can't pay the same for this. There's more risk in that scenario. You know, then you get to mechanical contractors, and we've done deals in that space, too, and they're even more sophisticated. You know, they're, they're dealing with way <laughs> higher end stuff. But now you're talking about flexing up and down hundreds upon hundreds of employees, depending on the jobs. You know, it's different and they don't get paid the same as well. But the highest residential uh, HVAC and plumbing, residential repair replacement, boom, no Perfect. new construction. Le- the, the less new construction, the less commercial, the better. And by the way, if you're doing it, I'm not telling you to stop doing it. Run your business and it's normal. If you have a $10 million business and $2 million is coming off of commercial, I mean, why would you ever stop doing your commercial? Right. Hey, oh, we're only eight million to the ten. <laughs> oh, do your ten. I mean, you're going to blend out the multiple, and you're, you're still going to do pretty well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop it away. But if you are in commercial, the piece of advice I will give is get those commercial maintenance contracts in place. Get them in place. That means that you're going to be back. You got a repeat customer there, kind of like you do with, with they do with the residential. Perfect. Yeah. So. This is going to put you on the spot again, too. Wow. I'll help you I, answer. I, 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 hope I, can't, I can't wait to dance around this one the way I, I just did the last one. <laughs> <laughs> you literally gave me nothing, nothing on the answer I asked for. Nothing. So, <laughs> listeners, hear me when I say this before I ask Brian this question. Just because he gives you an answer that, well, the answer he gives you may not be exactly what happens for you. Hear that, okay? Because multiples are all over the place. So as I see Brian sweat across me right now, mm. you've seen obviously a range of, of multiples. Yep. There, like what he just danced around was giving you factors that might apply to that, you know, that can um, influence. Because, because you can't multiple. say one because there's, 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 there's 10 other factors I that understand. go into it. Yeah. So what I'm asking is what's the range that you've seen? I'm not talking two years ago, Brian. I'm talking like the range. Now, listen, anybody who is, uh, who is private equity listening to this, and we certainly have private equity listening to this, is going to be like... Don't ask this question, Chris. Um, I'm sing, asking sing, the question. Single digits because, and into be, the teens. I mean, you know, it depends on the size of the business and where you're at. These bigger guys, you know, low, I, I mean, you know. There's just a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah. So it's not like, and the reason I ask that question also is because I get asked it all the time. Sure. Like me, because people are saying, oh, what should I expect? Mm-hmm. Like what you expect, call Brian, get an idea <laughs> of what your business is worth. Let them figure out the factors and have a conversation with you. You know, we're, we're conservative for what we do, by the way. So, you know, we, we, we do these valuations and again, it takes a couple of weeks to get somebody a number. And, and, I, and I say this to you and I've said this, you know, I, I, I've said this a bunch of times. When you call me, you haven't made a decision to sell. You've had made a decision to educate yourself about the value of your business. Absolutely. You owe yourself Informed. and your family that, that you need to know where you're at. Once you get that information, now it's on you to make a decision on what direction is best for you to go in. You I agree. I, mean? I agree. So, so I love that you danced around it again by saying singles and teens. I commend you on teens, that. Let's say low teens. You know, again, there's there are some monsters out there and that, that are, you know. Oh, I've heard some that are bigger. Yeah. And then you come to find out, and they weren't as, it wasn't as big of a multiple as they said. Um, but Correct. <laughs> you have to remember, 
the private equity company has to make money too. Of course. The, your partner is who's taking the risk and writing you the check. Ultimately, their end game is to make money as well. Yeah, they so are for they have profit. To leave some, <laughs> they are for yeah, profit. They are, yes. They, there has to be something available for them to be able to make money with too, or, or it's not going to be a good Just deal know this, listeners. Uh, it's a hell of a lot. It's, 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 it's good. It's, there's a reason a lot of transactions are happening, and it's because there's a lot of healthy transactions happening, and for the greater good of your business listeners as well as the equity company involved. They're not making a bad deal. Like you're making good deals. It's just who's the right partner. So um, I do want to do this real quick too before we leave is you mentioned you share your information and I know you're like, obviously we want people to reach out to you if they're even considering it. Um, Even if you think you're going to sound stupid asking Brian these questions, trust me, there's been hundreds if not thousands of people who reach out to him who think the exact same thing. You don't know what you don't know. Correct. You only learned a small little piece from this, this podcast of what goes into it. And there's no way you retained it all. But that's why Brian's on here. Brian's my friend. I go to Brian with my questions. Um, and he'll do the same for you. So if you would, go ahead and share with the listeners the best way to contact you. Um, and again, you know, if somebody reaches out to me and asks, I always just connect them with Perfect. you, give them yep. your, your cell phone number. But that's how easy Brian is to connect with. This is Brian's like all day long and night. I know because I see the, te- I get the text in the morning and the <laughs> afternoon and the night. Um, but he's kind of made himself available and he genuinely, you know, genuinely wants to help. So why don't you go ahead and share with the listeners your contact info? Sure. So if you have any questions, I mean, listen, you can text me, 954-226-3409, 954-226-3409. Hey, Brian, heard you on the podcast with Chris. Got some questions about this, that, or the other thing. You know, when, when's the best time we can connect? Give me your name. I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't think anybody who's ever reached out to me is not, I haven't gotten back to The only reason why I don't is, right, I'm with my kids or I'm in an airplane. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. And no, you're really good about responding back. So he did not say 8675309. No. Isn't that what he said? <laughs> Jenny, Jenny. Uh, so listen, which, man, I, which dates you again, because you know you have, know. have an area code nowadays with that, right? It's 10 digit dialing. 8675309. You know that song? But yeah, but. But, but, but and I and let me let me wrap with this if, if it's okay. Yeah. What's your closing statement, Mr. Cohen? Call me. I mean, no. Educate yourself about your business. If you don't know where you're at, how are you making the decisions moving forward? There's a gentleman out on the West Coast who had a conversation with last year who gets an audit done on his business every year, and he says that's my scorecard. I pay to have my audit done so I know where we are at. Well, my gosh, if you're not getting an idea of what your value of your business is, you know, how are you making decisions to grow? You know, some people think they're worth a lot more. And the reality is you take a look at the EBITDA number, they're overspending on marketing, overspending on a, in a particular area where they don't necessarily need to, you know, or they're not charging enough. We see these things all the time. So best case scenario, you're worth more than you thought you were. Maybe we can go ahead and talk about what a transaction may look like, right? Worst case scenario, we find some things in there that are hurting the value of your business and there's some changes that you can make. Either way, it's going to be a win for you. Love it. Okay. Love it, man. Thank you. <clears throat> well, I, uh, one, um, I appreciate you coming in, in studio. Hey, Fantastic right. to have you sitting in here. Um, I know you've been out for a while. <laughs> You're probably ready to get back. Um, <laughs> Tonight, finally. Jeez. Um, and we got to spend, you know, um, you know, we get to have dinner again, and us with a big group of guys that were out here. Yep. And, um, Always fun. Great group, man. Fun times. And, and I love being able to, you know what's cool for you and I, is you and I kind of um, get to bring our own little groups yep. together. And then I love hearing, like, we go to dinner, and it's, um, you know, uh, my, my guys I brought with me, Ish is there. Like, and, and some of these guys who've never met, you know, Ishmael, um, if you never or even heard of Ishmael or, or listened to him talk, he's very passionate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, um, but he, the guy gets it done. I had him come up and speak for me at Rhino X just on sales tactics. But um, I loved bringing them together and then letting them talk. Yeah. And I like get to sit Getting back and watch. 
Yeah. Oh man, that's like the most rewarding thing too. So, um, but I appreciate our friendship, man. And you coming in here and the help that you've done for me and listeners like take advantage of this. Um, it doesn't hurt to ask. Get in. He'll, it doesn't mean like you have to worry about Brian trying to sell you. He's going to tell you, he's going to give you the answer that you ask, but you owe it to yourself. And like he said, your family and your employees and your employees' families and all these things, if you genuinely care about them, you have got to make sure you got all the information to make good decisions with this business. It's your responsibility. So reach out to Brian and ask him as many questions as you want. I promise you he is not going to turn your call down. He'll take care of you. But appreciate you coming on, brother. Yep. Um, I'm sure we're going to do this shit again. Looking forward some to some point it, as in time. Um, next time we'll have Paul back in. Unfortunately, we'll have to listen to him ask stupid questions. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> listen. I'll, I'll rope Fred in with me as well. Right, that'll be great. It'll be four guys busting each other's balls over the uh, over the podcast. Sounds perfect. Sounds like a be? plan. So, I, listen, <laughs> listen. That actually sounds fantastic to me. Um, let's just find a good remote remote <laughs> location to do it. Uh, maybe down in Florida on the beach. Whatever. One down. So uh, again, thank you so much for yep. and, and again SFP. You know, you can also go to their website. It's a, as it just what's the SFP Advisors? SFPAdvisors.com. Perfect. I mean, you can email me as well, Brian sure. at SFPAdvisors. Well, you can log on there and see some of the transactions that they've yep. done. Like we're talking like. Just take a look. Like, if you need any extra credibility, just take a look. Um, but I appreciate you, man, so much. Uh, appreciate Kyle. Appreciate you so much. I just want to give him a quick shout-out because he crushed it at Rhino yes, X. He did. Um, crushed it at Rhino X. And he, um, found, and he found the song. He and found, he the, found song. the definition of the word. Found the definition of the word. See, that's why he's like, being on point. He's the man. He's the man. You got to hang out with D Rock a little bit. You got to take pictures with D Rock. That's uh, kind of what he, what Kyle's been for me. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, listeners, thank you so much. I appreciate you for tuning in every single week, sending me all your messages and leaving reviews. Like the one we got here, I will finish with this one from A plus Brian. Five stars. Um, it says, if you don't listen to this, dot, 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 ooh, leaves us mm. in suspense. That's the that's the title of the, of the review. This is the best podcast to listen to. It helps me grow my business and gives me a ton of great ideas. Cristiano, full name, obviously, oh, thank you. Somebody gave my full name. This must be a mm -hmm. customer. Uh, Cristiano and Tal Paul only interview top quality guests that have many years of business experience. Every, every podcast gives me great takeaway, but there's the trick. If you don't implement, you're just wasting your time to have, you're just wasting your time you have to implement. That's what we call ambition without action is useless. Thanks, Chris and Tall Paul. You're changing my life. Holy shit. I didn't read that until just now. So you're changing my life. Ups. Like gives me goosebumps, man. That is the whole reason we, exi we exist to grow their business. The reason the podcast podcasts exist is to help those that we can't work with. And that's what's happening. I'm, I don't know if this, is a, if this is a customer or not, but regardless, the fact that I'm changing their life, that's pretty freaking powerful, that's dude. Big. That's fantastic. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Until next time, we'll see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, Here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you 
in your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.